welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we learned Parashah Mishpatim, and this Parashah Mishpatim comes after the, the Parashah of Yitro, which the Jewish people received the commandments at Mount Sinai. And um, it was actually Ten Commandments, but in reality, from those commandments come the 630 mitzvot that we know. So uh, in this parasha, we have 53 of these mitzvot, in which the parasha's name, Mishpatim, is telling us that it's uh, mitzvahs that are logical, they're laws and they're judgments, and these are uh, the type of mitzvot that even a decent society would come up with, like you would think like God doesn't need to tell us not to kill, like any decent human being would understand that killing is something that you shouldn't do, or you should not steal. Any decent human being knows that stealing is something that goes against the law. So this uh, parasha Mishpatim actually has 53 of these mitzvot uh, that are logical laws that any intelligent person, discerning person can come to understand and can come up to, to keep them without being told to do so. But also in this parasha, we have, um, we have also a, at least one supra-rational decree. There's also supra-rational decrees, which are called hukim, which is things that Hashem commands us to do, that uh, there's no logic for them, that there's no rationale. Once you do them, you can experience the truth behind them. But in reality, no person would come up with this on their own. Like for example, in this parasha, the last uh, mitzvah that is given is a mitzvah of not mixing milk and meat together and not cooking it together. So we, from this, this, um, this mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that many people eat uh, uh, hamburgers with cheese, or people eat uh, veal parmigiana, or people eat meat and after a minute they're drinking a coffee with milk. But here Hashem is giving us this law that Jewish people cannot mix the, the meat and the milk. And why? We really don't know why he doesn't say why. He just says, uh, he just says in the, in the Torah, do not, kid, do not cook a kid in, in its mother's milk. So people can come to rationalize the mitzvot, the hukim, and say, okay, it's inhumane to cook the, the kid in the mother's milk, it's inhumane. Uh, another person would come and say, it's mixing life and death, the, the, the milk is alive, it comes from a live animal, the, 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 the meat comes from a dead animal, so you don't mix those together. And we can come to rationalize it, but in reality, they're super rational, they're beyond our comprehension, and they're not something that we really do because we understand them, we do them because this is Hashem's will. So the third category of mitzvot are called eidot, and this type of mitzvot is testimonial, and uh, these are uh, mitzvot that you would say they are in the middle ground between the between the hukim and the and the mishpatim, and these ones com commemorate 
or represent something of the commandments like for example putting on tefillin is a it's a dot when we rest on shabbat is a dot when we eat matzah on passover it's a dot these are laws which we would not have devised on our own we would never come and do them by ourselves Certain, certainly not in the exact, exact manner in which the Torah commands it. Nevertheless, we do them because they make sense to us and it, it, they have a significance. They, they touch a, a part of ourselves. Like if you go to, to India, you're gonna have the biggest Seder in the world. Uh, 3,000 backpackers come to a Seder. So you would think, okay, all these Jewish kids that are backpacking in India, that are trying to look for themselves, suddenly they end up in a Chabad house in India, 3,000 of them, and they're, they're uh, celebrating Pesach. So this is something that touches the essence of a Jew. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. And uh, we don't even question them. Yeah, Pesach, Pesach. You don't need matzah for eight days. You don't need matzah for eight days. Like, we don't even question. So yet, yet, each of these terms, Mishpatim, Hukim, and Eidot, they're also used in the Torah as a synonym for mitzvah. Uh, we know that the word mitzvah comes from the word tzvah, which means connection. And, um, and actually, this, uh, this mitzvot that Hashem gives us are the way in which we can connect to God. This is the way He designed the world. This is the way He made the world. And this is the way in which we are able to access Hashem in our lives. The Jewish people are commanded to keep 613 mitzvot. There are seven others that are rabbinical, that are obligatory too. And then you have the seven Noahide laws, which are the seven mitzvot that all non-Jews are commanded to keep. Uh, if they keep these seven laws, they're very righteous people. They become very righteous people. So there's commandments that we have to keep, not because they're logical. Obviously, there's some that make sense. Like if you steal, you have to repay what you stole. If you kill, there's, a, there's also um, a, a punishment for that. If it was intentional, if it was not intentional, all these laws that create a civil, decent society are, are things that make sense. But nevertheless, we don't keep them because they're logical. And this is what this is telling us and it's teaching us is that the reason, the, the, the intention of keeping mitzvot, it's not because they're logical and they make sense. We keep them because this is how Hashem eh, created the world to be. This is when you do a mitzvah, either it's a, it's a mishpatim from the logical, legal aspect, or you're doing a hook, a hook, a mitzvah that is super rational that you can't even explain, or you're doing something that is to commemorate something from the Torah. Either way, the intention before doing this mitzvot, it's really because this is what Hashem wills for the world. This is his desire. And if they're logical, great. But if they're not, this is his desire too. So we see that, um, that this, uh, this uh, cinnamon for mitzvah uh, is a reference to all commandments of the Torah. And a case in point is that the Torah section of Mishpatin, which opens with God's words to Moshe, and these are the mishpatim that you shall set before them. The 53 mitzvot that follow are indeed primarily logical laws. 
and uh, and at the end you have some testimonial laws and you will have the last mitzvah that is presented in this portion is the one that is a hawk, the one I said before against mixing milk and, and meat. So the Hasidic teaching, the Hasidic teaching and from the teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, it explains that every mitzvah is in essence a supra-rational hawk. Even if you think that there's logic and it makes sense and you understand it, the essence of the mitzvah is not understandable. It's not understandable because we're finite beings and Hashem is infinite. And so God created the human mind and the logic by which it operates. So if it's logical to you, it's because your mind operates in this fashion. He created a world in which killing is not good. He decreed that killing is bad and we are in our mind created in a way in which we see that killing is wrong. So this is um, obviously then it would be nothing less than ridiculous to assume that God desires something because it's logical. Uh, rather the reverse is true. Something is logical because Hashem desires it to be logical. He desired that such a thing should be logical. It's not that he creates logical laws. He decides that this law is logical. So in other words, the reason the commandment do not kill is logical to us is that God desired a world in which life is sacred for Hashem. The sanctity of life is very important. And if he molded our minds, in accordance with this with this logic he uh, he molded us to really vision to have a vision of this reality and to understand that life is, is sacrosanct but however do not kill is more logical than the mitzvah of paraduma for example in essence there's a mitzvah called the mitzvah of paraduma which is the mitzvah of the red heifer which we will see in the future in, 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 the, in another parasha. Uh, this, this mitzvah is a commandment that is supra-rational in which in the times of the temple, if a person uh, went and buried a dead person, he would become impure. And to be able to go back into the temple, into the Mishkan or the Beit Kamikash, he had to become pure again. And the way in which he would become uh, pure again, again after the, be, being in contact with a corpse, was that the Kohen Gadol had to t find this red heifer. It was a cow that was completely red, and he would uh, he would um, obviously sacrifice it, and he would make it. He would burn it till it became ashes and he would get these ashes and mix them with the water of the, of the temple and then he would sprinkle this water on that person and uh, the person would become pure and the person that did the ashes and the whole procedure would become impure. So this is for another parasha but I'm trying to explain to you how illogical this hook, this mitzvah is, how really it doesn't make any sense, it's really, it sounds like voodoo, uh, but in reality this, uh, this mitzvah do not kill that would be so logical to us. It's just an external garment behind which lies the mitzvah essential nature as the supra-rational will of God. So in essence, do not kill is a supra-rational mitzvah 
as the red heifer. It's the same, just that our minds were created to understand the logic behind this one, and our minds are not created to understand the logic behind the other one. So in the words of the Tanya, of the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneer Salman of Liadi, he says, the rationals of the mitzvot have not been revealed, for they are beyond reason and understanding. Also, in those instances in which there has been revealed and explained a certain reason, which is apparently comprehensible to us, this is not the ultimate reason, for within it is contained an inner sublime wisdom that is beyond reason and understanding. So what he's saying is, like, you think you got it, you think you understand it, to a certain level you do, but there's layers and layers and layers and layers of reason behind that mitzvah that you could never come to understand because you, you, there's as much as you can know, there's as much as your finite mind is able to grasp. And so on the other hand, even the most irrational decree has its rational elements that can be analyzed by the human mind and appreciated by it as a lesson in life. As Maimonides writes, although all the hukim of the Torah are supra-rational decrees, it is fitting to con contemplate them and whatever can be explained should be explained. So whatever can be understood, whatever a person can derive from a certain commandment, something they can eh, grasp onto and, on and be in a certain way, something that would bring some clarity to the mind of a person, then you should do it, you should say it. The, for example, Rashi explains that because the, the mother, the, the child, the child of the red heifer was the one that made the Jewish people sin in the, in the, in the desert with a golden calf, then the mother is cleaning after the sin of this, of this. it's a tikkun, it's like a, a rectification. So yes, there's things that you can come to Ugh, you think you understand, and it's okay that you're there. And you should try to explain what is explainable, but that we can come to grasp the whole totality of why Hashem does the things He does, and why He expects us to live in a certain way, and why this is His desire in this world, we have no idea. We have no idea. So does every mitzvah, whether categorized as a hawk or as a mishpat, is basically a supra-rational decree, which can nevertheless be experienced as a, an illuminating guide to life. And as I said last week, uh, I had a whole shiur about the or and the keili, the, the light and the vessel, and that Hashem gives us the opportunity to be the vessels of His light in this world, and also to understand that the mitzvah is, is the opportunity that Hashem is giving you to be able to earn in this world. Uh, there's a concept in Kabbalah that says that Hashem doesn't want to give us bread of shame. What is bread of shame? He doesn't want to give us things for free. You know, there's nothing worse for a person, really psyche, to feel that he can't earn anything, that he, he's good for nothing, that he's not able to do anything in this world. That's the worst thing that can happen to a human being, when he feels that he's not useful. So Hashem doesn't want to give us this. He doesn't give us a free ride in this world. He doesn't give us a house and a car and, a, and food and money and, and a family and good health out of his goodness of his heart. He gives it to us regardless whatever we do, but he gives us the opportunity to do things 
So we can feel that we're doing something to, to have what we have, that we can have a feeling of, 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 of self-love, self, uh, of self-assurance, um, that we're not here and we're just these people that are just takers. We can also be givers. So this is the biggest gift Hashem can give us, is the ability to be also to be givers. And when we're doing mitzvot, this is what we're doing. We're becoming givers. We're not only takers. So the, he says that every mitzvah is an act of submission to the divine will, an act that, that recognizes that our finite minds cannot fathom the axioms that are the basis of our reality and must ultimately accept them on faith from their divine conceiver. At the same time, every mitzvah is a rational act in the sense that it relates to our rational selves and aids us to achieve a better understanding of our nature and our purpose in life. So the fulfillment of mitzvot, what it does is it gives us a purpose, gives us a mission. It's a mission statement. And so the only difference between the hukim and the mishpatim is which of these two elements dominates. The, the question is which one is dominating? The hawk emphasizes on the supra-rational and our commitment to God, regardless if we understand it or not. You don't mix meat, meat and milk. And yes, I remember when I became kosher, one of the hardest things to do was not to have a, my cappuccino after my lunch. And I ate a piece of meat and I was craving my cappuccino. This was 20 something years ago. There was no soy milk, there was no almond milk, there was no oat milk. You, you didn't have an option. If you ate milk, you had to wait six hours to have your cappuccino. So what did I do? I didn't eat meat because I always wanted my cappuccino. But the, the, what he's saying here is that even if it's super rational, even if you don't understand it, the Jew is gonna do it because this is his, way, his ticket to God. This is the way that he connects to God. He knows that this is the way he's gonna connect to him. And while, so we see that while the Mishpatin stresses the function of the mitzvot as educators and enlighteners of human life. So whatever is, is it can be rationalized and understood, it gives you a sense of, okay, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission, I'm, I have a purpose. I'm doing something useful. I'm doing something for God. I'm doing something that is commanded of me. When you do things that you don't understand why, that, okay, Hashem has a plan, then you're tapping to a higher level of faith in which you're connecting to that supra-rational part of yourself that says, okay, I don't get it, but I'm doing for Hashem. I'm doing what He's asking me to do, even if I don't understand it. I'm doing for Him because I believe in Him. And this is the ultimate transcendence. So in this parasha, there's, um, an example of, of, of law, which states, if a Jew is forced to either transgress any of the mitzvot commanded by the Torah, or else be killed, he should transgress rather than be killed. So for example, if they tell you, if you don't eat that piece of pork, we're gonna behead you, then you're obliged to eat the piece of pork because your life is, is more important than you eating the piece of pork. But it's also written that, uh, that for regard the mitzvot it is written, you shall keep my hukim and mishpatim, which man should do and live by them. We should do them and live by them. And so live by them and not die by them. When does then, then above apply? In regard to all mitzvot, except for the prohibitions against idolatry, 
uh, sexual, uh, sexual sins, certain sexual sins, and murder. And so these three, if, 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 if for example, you're a married woman and they kidnap you and they tell you either you go to bed with this man or you're gonna be killed, you, you better be killed. You have, to, you have to get killed. If they tell you either you kill this person or we're gonna kill you, you have to get killed. Or if they tell you if you don't bow to this God, you're gonna be killed, then you have to allow them to be killed. Because it says regarding these three transgressions, if a person is told to either commit one of them or else be killed, he should be killed rather than transgress. This is from the Mishneh Torah. And why this distinction between these mitzvot, like for example, these three cardinal sins, if, if you better get killed before you do them, it is because the mitzvot exists to live rather than that, than for die. Like a Jew is all for life. Everything, you have to give up everything to live. You can desecrate Shabbat to save a life because you know that that person can have many more Shabbats. So you're allowed to get on a car on Shabbat, drag the person to the hospital and save a life. Uh, on Shabbat. It's part of the law of Shabbat. If you go to the Shulchan Aruch and you learn the laws of Shabbat, it says if a person needs an emergency medical, uh, go to the hospital, this is a law of Shabbat that you're allowed to get on a car and drive to the hospital. So on the other hand, if a person not to give his life rather than violate, violate the divine will, then this should apply to all mitzvot. You would say, okay, why don't we do like the three last ones, the three cardinal sins that you, you cannot commit them, you, 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 you have to give your life instead of doing it. So what is it saying here? So indeed the mitzvah is both superior to human existence and integral to it. And as a divine decree dictated so, uh, solely by the infinite and absolute will of God, it is greater than life, greater certainly than life, finite and equivocal manifestation in a physical body. On the other hand, as an illuminator, enhancer and sanctifier of life, the mitzvah is something that comes to serve life, not to supersede it. So, Yes, we have different laws for different things and when a person is confronted with a choice to either violate a mitzvah or die, eh, then you have the two faces of the mitzvah are brought into conflict with each other. And the question then is, which element of the mitzvah dominates? The question is, what element of this mitzvah is dominating? Which should give way before the other? Is life more important or is the mitzvah more important? So in most cases, life is more important. In 90% of the time, life is more important. And then in a very small percentage, then it's more important to, to give your life. And so, uh, so it says, but there are certain mitzvot in which the divine decree aspects dominates. What is most significant is that God's commanded and man must obey, regardless of the consequences to man's ephem ephemeral existence as a physical being. So what he's saying here is that what's important in life is that you fulfill Hashem's desire. This is it. You have to learn the law, 
when you learn the law, you're not gonna add to it, you're not gonna take away from it, you learn the law and you go with the law. And when you follow the law and you follow Hashem's directives, then what you're doing is that you're making His will your will. And as it says, when you make Hashem's will your will, He will make your will His will. And so the biblical commandments are 613 mitzvot, explicitly of Im implicitly containing the five books of Moses. And the rabbinical commandments are the laws instituted by the sages throughout the generation. For example, praying three times a day is something that was instituted by the rabbis. Reciting Kaddish, uh, after a, a dead person is something that was instituted by the rabbis. Making blessings before eating, this was instituted by the rabbis. Lighting Shabbat candles was instituted by the rabbis. And the festivals of Hanukkah and Purim were instituted by the by rabbinical institution. So indeed, a major part of what we call Judaism is really the rabbanan from the rabbis. And Hashem says that when, I, when I, and I'm talking, it's not the rabbis of today, these are, are uh, halachic uh, geniuses of the times of the Talmud that put these laws, we have to fulfill them just as if they were directed by Hashem, because Hashem gave them to them. They are conduits of God, and you shall observe all that they shall instruct you. This is in the Varim, this is in the Humash, in the written Torah, that we have to follow uh, the directives of our sages. Thus the blessing recited before the performance of a mitzvah, blessed are you, Lord, our King, God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with commandments and commanded us to, is recited over rabbinical mitzvot as well. When you're doing a, a rabbinical mitzvah, you also say this blessing. So God is the sole commander of the mitzvot, whether it is written or alluded in the Torah, or instituted by human beings to whom he imparted the authority to interpret and safeguard his laws and legislate Jewish life. So what these this teachings of the Rebbe is telling us is that in reality, being a Jew is a person that has a very big responsibility in the world. We have a very big responsibility. We're light lampers. We're the, the light of the world. When we're keeping the mitzvot, when we are fulfilling Hashem's will, when we're fulfilling His desires, we are paving the, we're brightening the, 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 the road for other people to follow in other ways, in, 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 in sanctifying life, in the way they deal with business, in the, day they, in the way they keep their homes, in the way they deal with their employees or the employee deals with the employer. All these laws that are legal, they're logical, are what illuminate the world. This is what brings light to the world. This is what makes people decent. Hashem wants a decent society, wants people to live in a decent way, decency, and then there are laws which are supra-rational that really come to play a different role, although the other ones also are viewed as, also have no logic, they're even more, they're also hukim in their essence, but at our level we can see why, the other ones that we can't even understand, we can't even come to comprehend, these ones are the ones that make that connection to God so real. 
because you know sometimes you keep mishpatim because this is a this is a we, we are humanitarian you know a humanitarian you want to be a humanitarian person you want to be a decent person but really you want to be you're not really doing them because this is what Hashem wants you to be you're doing because you you believe you think you 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 think that people have to act in a certain way there's a certain legal code and we have to abide by it and you want to do the right thing but this is a little into you it's about you but when you connect to the suprarational laws it's not about you it's not about you it's really you're jumping up and you're saying okay i have no idea why i have to do this i do not understand why i cannot have my cappuccino after having a piece of chicken but you know what hashem i want to do your will i really want to do your will so we need to have the both both aspects of the of the mitzvot we have to have that in order to be able to get out of ourselves and to really transcend and connect to the one so i wish you a blessed week i hope that these classes have given you clarity in the in the way in which we should view being a jew and the big big gift that it is that hashem gives us our torah and our mitzvot give a little bit of understanding i hope it inspires you to keep a little more to always live a little higher of of your ground and to always aspire to connect more and more to hashem to be able to live a beautiful fulfilled life in this world completing the mission for which you were created so i wish you a blessed week and remember live a little higher thank you